Hello, my friends, and welcome to the Experience Our Industry podcast. As you know, I am Dr. Brian Greenwood, and I am super excited today to be here with a 2010 graduate of our program, Heidi Diestel Orock. How are you, Heidi? Hi, good. Thanks so much for having me. Oh, I'm so excited to have you. So Heidi is uh, is currently the Vice President of Marketing for Diesel Turkey Ranch. She is a fourth generation <laughs> family farmer and um, and uh, and obviously, like I said, alum alumna of our program. And, and I have to say, Heidi, um, you were one of my all time favorite students. Um, you know, and uh, oh. <laughs> you know, I, I had just I had just kind of gotten my feet uh, under me um, in, while you were here at Cal Poly. And so you were you were one of the first to, to um, for me to like see the four years, right? Um, so, because uh, mm-hmm. Drush and I mm-hmm. um, got there and, and got here to Cal Poly in 2006, and then you graduated in 2010. So, you were kind of like my first yeah. uh, first ones, the, the first group that I saw through to completion, and um, just always had such a big smile on your face and such a great student, and just always a pleasure to be around. And so, I'm super excited to talk. Oh. To you today. Thank you. Likewise, it was um, yeah a great experience. Definitely, uh, in part from from you as well. Well, I, I appreciate that. And let's so uh, let's let's go back and let's talk about um, how you ended up at Cal Poly and and all of that jazz. So, um, where where did you grow up? Remind me where you where you grew up, Heidi. Yeah, so I grew up in Sonora, California, which is um, about four hours north of um, San Luis Obispo, kind of um, by Yosemite National Park. Right. Okay. And you said it's snowing today. Uh, are you there right now? Are you back, <laughs> you're back home, right? Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm. I'm. I'm talking to you from our ranch here, and yeah, for whatever reason, it's snowing like galore here today. So oh, wow. <laughs> I guess a late winter storm kind of odd. <laughs> yeah, for real. Well, you know, we actually got some hail today here in, in um, San Luis Obispo about an hour ago. So I oh, guess yeah. it's uh, something something in the air. Um, so uh, mm-hmm. obviously, I said you were a fourth generation farmer. So when I asked what your what your mom and dad did uh, did while you were growing up um that's I, I guess pretty obvious although i could ask were your were, your, were, were, were both your parents involved with the family farm i, I think i think they were right yeah or, yeah okay <laughs> yeah yeah Mm-hmm. Yeah, but no, they both were. Um, my dad more so, you know, from the operational side and my mom from the sales and marketing side. So yeah, both working parents full time. Um, yeah, <laughs> it was a crazy house. Right on. And so you're following in mom's footsteps then on the marketing side, right? Yeah, exactly. I spent a lot of time with her growing up and uh-huh. a lot of time in grocery stores. And mm-hmm. yeah, it's the thing that probably came the most natural to me as well. So um Right. Yeah, it's my my whole world, sales and marketing and kind of all of that front facing, right. really the experience that anyone has with the brand and upholding that kind of um, value. Right. Well, I'm super excited to get there and talk about that. But let's talk a little bit more about growing up. So you, you, I don't know if you remember or not that we share 
uh, growing up on a farm um, as, a, mm-hmm. as one of our, our shared attributes there. I grew up on a tobacco farm in uh, in uh, eastern North Carolina. And so growing up on a on a turkey farm in, in California, you know, we, we have some, uh, we, I, I guess there's not a lot of similarities, but the similarities of being on a farm obviously are there. So um, what were you into growing up? Were, were you big into sports? What, what, what was your jam? Yeah, totally. Um, I was, I don't think I was like super stellar at any one thing really. Um, but you know, I played tennis and soccer a little bit. Um, I actually got into triathlons, um, in high school and I carried that down with me to Cal Poly. So I, I raced the wildflower triathlon down there. Yeah. And it was just, it was a really fun thing just to be like active and it got me out into other clubs outside of the rec department. So super fun. Yeah, you know, we have such a great history of um of triathlons here in the area. And um and I and I mm-hmm. um I, I you know growing up in eastern North Carolina, there I I had not even I don't, I suppose I had heard of triathlons, don't get me wrong, but they just weren't that big. And, um, and coming out here and seeing, um, how big they were, it was, it was really pretty cool for, for me, you know I mean? For me though, I'm, I'm not very good at, at, um, at biking, swimming or running. So (laughs) (laughs) kind of, you kind of have to do all of them. (laughs) Kind of have to do. Yeah. 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 Kind of have to do all three there for that one. (laughs) But, um, so, so let's talk about, um, well, actually, um, I don't want to, for, don't want to miss this. Do you, did you have any siblings growing up? Yeah, I had two older brothers and they both actually, um, they both actually went to Cal Poly at, at one point or another, one of them transferred, um, to a different school, but, um, my oldest brother went to Cal Poly in the ag business program and graduated from there as well. Oh, right on. Okay. I had a feeling there was a family legacy there. Um, so that's, uh, yeah. that's awesome because, because <laughs> that was going to be my next question. How did you know about Cal Poly? And obviously with, with yeah. Cal Poly's, um, agricultural roots and, um, and, and being such a, mm-hmm. you know, being such a strong agriculture program. Um, and, and, you know, we, we have always, um, been been sort of um i i actually don't want to say stepchild because we actually have not been the stepchild in cafes we we've actually it's been more of um we've we've been a a shining star in cafes but i think to the outside Mm -hmm. world people wonder like what are what 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 are you doing in agriculture (laughs) you know but um uh but Mm -hmm. uh so but we you know so we we try to explain the connection and and, um you know once once you do kind of explain the connection people go oh okay yeah okay that makes uh that makes more sense and and our current dean has been super supportive of of our move to experience industry management because he recognizes that you know um in agriculture a, a lot is about the experience you know, when you think about family mm-hmm. farms and 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 the event side of family farms and 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 agritourism and um and 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 wineries and wine and all of all of that, there's there's obviously a, a lot of connections there. But um, but so you had a family mm-hmm. legacy here at Cal Poly, so uh, it was uh, it was pretty natural, I guess, for you to end up in uh, cafes, huh? Yeah, it was. I mean, going into it, actually, I, I, you know, 
I didn't think that I necessarily wanted a degree in ag business, mm-hmm. but my bro- my um, my brother's girlfriend at the time was in Parks and Rec in that department, and she was absolutely loving it. And so I think we went down for Wow Week or you know something, and um, I said, "What what are you getting a <laughs> what are you getting a degree in? What is this department?" And right. so through her. Um, I learned a lot about the department and she, they were about four years actually ahead of me in school. And so ever since that moment, I was like, that's, that is like my dream degree. That's what I want to, that's where I want to go. So um, yeah, that's how, that's really how I found out about it because that really made it come full circle. Right, 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 right. Well, well, we'll talk more about the experience industry management um, shift that we've made. But um, just from from hearing you talk already about the experience with with the brand and all that, I know you're. I know everything's gonna gonna resonate with you. And we, we were already, I think, even back in 2010, we were already starting to to make some moves towards um, understanding more about the experience economy and, and that element. But let's talk a little mm-hmm. bit about your time at. Cal Poly. So, um, you know, I, I like to ask this of, of all the podcast guests, like, is there, is there a moment during your time in San Luis Obispo? You know, we always talk about, we, we have our little slice of paradise here and in, in slow. And, um, uh, you know, it seems like almost everyone I ask when I say, is there's like one enduring moment, they have a hard time with that one enduring moment, but, um, were there, uh, enduring moments or, or, or something that, that really stuck out during your four years? Oh my gosh. Yeah. I could see how everyone struggles with that. I think every moment, (laughs) I mean, it's just, it's just such a, yeah, it's just such a gift. Like it is really an incredible experience. It's such a wonderful town and there's so many moments that I loved. I mean, I think one of my most memorable um, wasn't even in San Luis Obispo per se, but I was part of an um, adventure tourism class. And we, as part of the class, we traveled to Costa Rica. And that was like, this is, this is awesome. Like just pure awesomeness that, you know, we studied, we, you know, took our finals and then, you know, we went to Costa Rica for like a week or five days or something like this. It was fantastic. That was with Jacobs, wasn't it? Yes. Yeah, of course. Of course. Yes, yes, yes. (laughs) And um, yeah, you know, we had such a, uh, he he led some, some really, really great trips that I know were, were really, real big highlights of, um, of, uh, of the experience for so many. And so, uh, yeah, we, uh, we miss, uh, we miss Jeff and JJ and the family. And, uh, um, we, mm-hmm. I, I hope he gets a chance to listen to this. We'll give him a, a special shout out there. Um, but, uh, yeah. um, but yeah, so, so, uh, I can imagine that would, would be a special memory. So let's talk about, um, when you, while you were at Cal Poly, like what you did to, um, to enhance your your skills and your experience and, and that sort of thing, um, are are there yeah. were there professional development elements that um, that you, that you engaged in while you were here that that stand out as something that you would recommend to others, um, or, or are there things that you regret that you didn't get involved in? Yeah, you know, I was I was one of those kids who. 
<laughs> I wanted to be involved in as much as possible. And yeah. so I got, I got into the rec program and just tried to, you know, lend a hand and participate in the program as much as possible. Um, I'm sure that there were opportunities that I didn't, that I didn't, you know, I didn't do, but, um, you know, I helped, you know, every year plan the, the banquet and the auction. And mm-hmm. that was super fun. Um, you know, we would, we had a lot of different classes that we would get involved in um, that, you know, maybe there was something planning wise that we had to plan for or, you know, participate in. Yeah. Um, so I was usually heading up something like that. I think I put on like a bunco tournament in the vet yeah. hall one year. I mean, it was just, you know, right. anything and everything, but, and everything, you know, right. for me, it was really, yeah. Like for me, it was really about, getting invested in the community and just making contacts like half of college, in my opinion, is really branching out and, Mm -hmm. and developing relationships and contacts with those that you can, because that's, you know, the learn by doing motto is, is so critical. And I think that is really what helped me kind of just guide me through the degree. Um, you know, I was kind of swaying between the events, um, the events, hospitality, and, you know, sustainable ag tourism. Right. Um, and so, yeah, I just tried to get involved as much as I could. Well, I, I definitely remember that about you and, and remember all the, um, all the, uh, all the time, all the co-curricular and extracurricular things that you were involved in. And, um, and that's, that's some great advice for, for current and prospective students for sure. So let's talk about the, the post-Cal Poly years, you know, you, you, um, you, you took an interesting route right out of, um, right out of Cal Poly. So, um, uh, you, you went and yeah. got your master's degree in, um, in, in counseling and, and health psychology, um, Mm-hmm. So I, I assume that you were thinking you were not going to go back to the family farm uh, by uh, by that uh, with that master's degree. Is that right? Yeah, you know, in my first couple of years at Cal Poly, I was a um, I was a personal trainer and I worked at you know Kennedy's and uh-huh. um, there was just like there was always a barrier to people's success, um, you know, health wise with mm-hmm. with just kind of like emotional or just psychological kind of barriers, really. They were just unspoken barriers. You know, folks would come in and say, I have these goals or I want to do this or I want to train for that. And some were very successful and then others just, you know, they'd get so far and then they'd disappear off my client list and then they'd come back and, you know, and I just, through all of my experiences at Cal Poly, um, you know, I did some internships and I just recognized that I was really interested in psychology. Funny enough, mm-hmm. I never took a psychology class in my undergrad <laughs> program. Like you never. Really? Well, <laughs> no. That, well, that's kind yeah, of funny because like we you'd we're, think we're, I would. Yeah, you would. And and you know, I was gonna say that that that's another similarity that we have because I was a psychology major at um at UNC yeah. and I, I was the exact opposite. I never took any recreation or sport management classes. So yeah. Um, yeah. But, uh, so that's kind of, that's kind of funny. Yeah. But uh so Yeah. So I um I was kind of trying to determine what I wanted to do because I had done a lot of work in the rec world and mm-hmm. I was trying to figure out what I wanted to do and I just thought, you know, I could be, a, you know, a licensed MFT. I could, mm-hmm. I could go and work in health counseling. Um, you know, my master's degree was at a school in the Silicon Valley and, you know, kind of let like health counseling and all of that with a lot of your, you know, 
large companies that are based out of the Silicon Valley are, it, you know, could be a great, could be a great thing. And, you know, would definitely utilize both my, my master's and my undergraduate degree. And ultimately I didn't do any of that, but that's kind of, you know, where my head was at. And right. there were aspects of rec that I just, I absolutely loved, but there were other things too, that were kind of tugging on my heart. So I, yeah. I wanted to go that direction. Yeah, of course. And I, as you were talking, I was thinking to myself that like, I, I, that's one of the things I remember about you is that your you, you had a great deal of empathy, um, for, for people. Oh, I could tell, I could you. tell that you really wanted to help people. And that was, um, so, uh, the, those helping type people, uh, definitely, uh, definitely, uh, we have a tendency to get drawn to, uh, to psychology for sure, because we want to try to try, try to understand how to help people more right and um and so mm -hmm. that so that that's um that's awesome and I, I love that you that you did that so um so so let's talk about let's talk about the family farm you know having grown up um like i said on, on a farm myself I, I we I, we were on a farm where we didn't have to worry about branding right you know we didn't um nobody yeah. could walk into um you know to the uh local convenience mart and, and, and know that we had sold the tobacco to, uh, for the cigarettes or whatever, you know, we, we didn't really want to be associated yeah. with that brand anyway, but, um, but, uh, but, you know, I having, having not grown out, grown up out West, I, I didn't really know, um, diesel, um, diesel farms or, or D, uh, diesel Turkey ranch until, um, until obviously I met you and, um, and then I walk in, uh, you know, Lassen's or Whole Foods or, and I'm like, Oh, Hey, I know them, you know? And so, uh, <laughs> we've been, we, I, I will yeah. say, I'm not trying to just, I'm not trying to just, um, butter you up, but we, we've, we have been buying diesel turkeys ever, ever since, um, ever since we met mm, you. Thank and, you. Um, yeah, of course. And it's, it's such a, it's such a fabulous brand. It's such a fabulous story. I would love if, love it. If you don't mind, um, I would love for you to kind of tell the story, um, about yeah. your, about your family's farm. And, and also if you don't mind, tell uh, how you ended up back there. Uh, so, uh, so, yeah. so, so go for it. Yeah, totally. So, um, yeah, the brand, um, you know, is, is our family's last name, Diestel. And, um, you know, our family, um, has lived in the Sonora area where I'm from and talking to you from today since, you know, the 1900s, basically, um, you know, late 18, late 1800s. And so deeply rooted in this community. And we were, the family was always farming, um, of some aspect and farmers, but my grandpa, um, or my great, Uncle Ernest Botini, he was raising turkeys and my grandpa kind of grew up with him, learned from him. And my grandpa formally started Diesel Turkey Ranch in 1949. And, you know, at the time it was, it was just like one farm. My grandpa would haul the birds down to the pier, the San Francisco pier, and he made relationships with chefs and, you know, um, it was just a very seasonal business and, um, it was a good business to be in, but it wasn't, it wasn't anything, you know, we weren't trying to be a brand, if you will. Um, my dad, he grew up in the, in the industry and, um, or, you know, farming on a farm. And he just felt like we had something special. And one of like the core, 
the core, you know, kind of elements of our family and our family's farming values is really to just let the turkeys be turkeys and and work with nature as much as possible. And, you know, kind of a lot of the things that we read about today as it relates to sustainability and regenerative ag and, you know, all of this discussion. And that was kind of just the fundamentals of how we approached farming. And so in the 1980s, my parents, you know, my parents met at college, they, they worked, they had different professions, and then they decided to come back and buy the ranch and kind of take the fundamentals and, you know, the diesel brand, if you will, and take them down to the San Francisco Peninsula and kind of just sell into what truly was like more butcher shops. Natural and organic foods were in that in that time, just feels like an century ago, but it's not. Yeah. Um, you know, 35, 40 years ago, it was just a vitamin shop, really, or, you know, your health nut shop, if you will. But right. sometimes there wasn't even a meat component. Meat wasn't even being sold in the natural and specialty foods. And right. so little bit, yeah, little bit by little bit, um, you know, my parents literally took a phone book and started selling, you know, door to door, truly. Um, wow. The birds really? were antibiotic free. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, there's no cell phones. Right, right. Yeah, right. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> so they're, at that time, they were antibiotic free, vegetarian fed, you know, and oh. that was like a novelty. Like that was speaking a different language. Nobody, I was gonna say, nobody yeah, no one knew that. about that then. Right. Yeah. No one knew. No one cared. They were like, really, you know, right. whatever. But the taste, <laughs> the taste, <laughs> And the quality and the consistency Uh and flavor, it just, it spoke for itself. And so, you know, fast forward to now and right, we are mostly a Western, you know, a Western brand and very well known for our holiday birds, but we have a whole plethora of offerings throughout the year from fresh ground turkey to deli meats and sausages Mm -hmm. and all that sort of thing. And then, you know, of course we have the full gamut, right? Like we still have our antibiotic free vegetarian fed, like the original diesel turkey, as I call it. But then we also have really specialty programs like a, you know, an heirloom varietal or a pasture raised varietal and, you know, organic, of course, intermixed throughout some of that. And some of our products aren't organic, but, you know, for us, we really grew up with the natural organic food industry. And I think growing up on the ranch, I was like, I was done with it. You know, I mean, (laughs) I was tired of it. I was like, oh my gosh, if I have to go to another town and visit their grocery store, you know, like I'm just going to keel over. And I think... (laughs) through my whole, I mean, it was so much, but through, because we were small. I mean, my parents were entrepreneurs. I mean, we literally did everything with them. I did demos constantly growing up. I mean, it was just, my family lived and breathed this, this business. And so when I got away to school, I was like, I'm doing anything else besides, you know, turkey (laughs) farming. And (laughs) I can imagine. I can imagine. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that desire to honestly, I think that desire to do something else is what really pushed a lot of my um, interest in like getting involved and having other experiences and trying to figure out like, okay, what kind of a life do I want to have if it's not on a farm? Because like, you know, Mm -hmm. I'm sure Dr. Greenwood, like growing up on a farm is a, it's a a lifestyle, like it's a way of being and um, it's very unique. And it's not really something that you can replicate unless you yeah, unless you are kind of like growing up on a farm, right? Yeah, right. Yeah. People don't, yeah, people don't realize. (laughs) And for me, it was, um, you know, I, 
growing up on a tobacco farm, it was a, a lot different, I think. Um, and the main thing for me, it taught me is that I never wanted to go. I never wanted to see another tobacco plant in my life. I mean, cause they're, 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 uh, they're, uh, you know, you, you harvest tobacco in the South when it's 95 degrees. So harvesting is in, um, oh. July, August, September. And when you touch mm. the green tobacco plant, the tar that, that gets into your lungs mm. when you smoke it, that actually gets on your hands and turns your hands black and sticky. So if you can imagine 95 yeah. degree heat, a hundred percent humidity, mm. yeah, like uh, the only thing mm. uh, for me um, of, of the farm was, yeah, you don't ever want to end up like go and do <laughs> whatever you can to not Anything have to come else. back here and work in this. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but, uh, my, my stepdad ended up, sell, ended up selling and going into a, in a different direction, but, um, but, uh, yeah. but yeah, so it was a little bit different. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, so, so let's talk about, let's talk about, you know, you said earlier about the experience, right. And, and, and trying to, yeah. you know, I, I will say that I, um, I think about you, uh, uh you and your family, almost every day because I have become a, Aww. I have become a pandemic golfer. Um, so back in, <laughs> back in July, when there was nothing like you, you couldn't do anything, right. The um, pretty much the only thing that was open was golf courses. And so I was like, I went out and, and I had played before, but I hadn't really gotten into it that much, you know? And, um, but in July mm -hmm. I caught the golf bug and I've been playing, a lot of golf. And I don't know if you're familiar with this or not, but there are a lot of turkeys on golf courses in, uh, on the central <laughs> coast. So it's just, yeah. What a great so, place to, to be. Yeah, exactly. And so, um, so for, so I, I, what, what I learned, what I soon learned is that, um, the best way to golf is to be the first one on the golf course. So you don't have to um, wait on people. And so I go, I'm the, mm -hmm. I'm the first one at the golf course um, when I play. And so it's just me and the wild turkeys. And so, and so, uh, <laughs> so yeah, that's, I think about you, whatever I see, whatever I see them. And because I also think, because that's, that's, I, I remember you talking about, and I know also from reading the story on the packaging and whatnot that they are, you know, pasture raised and, and free range turkeys. And I'm like, there they go. The free range turkeys right across the, right across the fairway. You know, <laughs> I got to wait before I hit my ball. Uh, uh, but uh, so I know there's <laughs> you have to wait for the birds. Yeah. Yeah. And they're funny. You know, most of the time they don't pay me any attention at all. But then occasionally, you know, one will be like, uh, one will be like, all right, I'm guarding the rest of these guys. You, yeah, you need to not get so close, dude. Uh, <laughs> he'll, start, he'll start gobbling at me and ruffling his feathers and whatnot. But uh, or she will. I'm not sure which is which. But um, but anyway, so let's talk about that. Let's talk about that brand experience. You know, because obviously, uh, I I think when when people think about turkey, obviously they think about Thanksgiving, of course. Right. But I would mm -hmm. imagine from mm -hmm. a brand perspective that that's something that you guys have to work through, right? You, you want people to think about Turkey, uh, at other times of the year as well. Totally. Yeah. I mean, it's really interesting actually the way that like our culture consumes 
that protein. Um, because, you know, if you think about like your average meal, you're going to use chicken. Like if you're going to go make something for dinner, you're going to use chicken. Um, and, you know, turkey is used at Thanksgiving. It's used as a ground, like ground turkey. Or, you know, if you're, if you're going to have a sandwich, turkey is going to be in your sandwich. And right. so um, having that discussion of like, you know, know your turkey farmer is a little bit foreign and, you know, you get kind of some odd looks at times as to, you know, who, you know, what do you do? Why do you do that? Um, but, right. you know, for us, like there are a lot of companies um, that are chicken and turkey. And so like turkey is just kind of a small subset of what they do. But for diesel, like turkey is, is really all we do. So um, we, you know, it's interesting because, you know, we would have like tours out to the ranch of Whole Foods or, you know, our other, um, our other customers. And, you know, sometimes we would have like multiple busloads of, you know, people coming up to this little ranch, busing them from a couple hours away for them to have this experience with the brand and, right. you know, a tour of the ranch um, or just, you know, of this one ranch per se. And it's, oh, it's like in my head. And, you know, at the time when I was in school, you know, Kendi Root was, was teaching a lot of the, a lot of the um, events programming. And I'm like, oh my right. God, there's so much of my <laughs> degree that I'm using right now to host these events, to right. have a lasting, like super memorable experience with our brand and with our products mm -hmm. and just kind of want to talk about it when they mm -hmm. leave. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and so, yeah, so much, oh my gosh, I can think of so many things and I'm always sitting there looking at, you know, the event brief and the timelines and everything that I did in school going like, okay, where are my wow factors? Where are the flowers that are in the bathroom to really just, you know, put this over the top, right? Like right. where am I, you know, where are my home-baked cookies to send them home with? And it's like all of these little tiny pieces that has nothing to do with the turkey. That has nothing to do with how it's raised or, right. you know, any of it. Right. Yeah. It's all about like that, that experience. And so like, it's just funny to me because there's so many times, you know, or trade shows, right? Like we're at a trade show, like what are we doing in our booth? Like, how are we going to get this, get, you know, get a buzz going around our booth? How are we going to mm -hmm. make sure that we, you know, how's the traffic going to move in the booth so that it feels really natural and elegant for a 10 yeah. by 10 or a 10 by 20 space. And right. so, yeah, like I, you know, I may not be necessarily in the rec field, but golly, I use I, almost probably every class I've, I've used and I still have right. my books and I still reference them, which is the funny thing. So. I love it. I love it. Well, 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 you, you will be happy to know that, that this shift that we've made to experience industry management. And one of the reasons why I wanted to have you on the podcast is, um, is, uh, you know, we have really opened the world up. Um, from from our major, mm -hmm. you know what, what we discovered um, in back in 2015 when we were when we were considering the change, we discovered that about 70% of our majors um, were not going into recreation, parks, and tourism, right? And that's the name of the degree, mm -hmm. the name of the department, mm -hmm. and so. And so, as we started to to investigate and and um, and consider various um, various options, you know, this idea of the experience industry as an umbrella for all of those things—sport, special events, tourism, hospitality, parks and recreation—that um, became the umbrella term. But ultimately, Heidi, what it has done for us, and what what we love about this move that we've made, is it really has opened it up 
where no matter what, you know, whether you're on a family farm or at a bank or, you know, at a corporation or a parks and recreation department, you know, all of the, all of the, mm-hmm. um, all of the, 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 um, the areas that are typically considered in our industry, any of those environments, people are co-creating experiences with mm-hmm. their clients, with their partners, with their employees, with their users. And so, um, you know, I know you probably didn't even mean to do it, but when you were talking about um, <laughs> earlier, when you were talking about the experience of the brand, that's ultimately, yeah. um, you know, that's ultimately now what we teach. So, so, you know, our old, um, RPTA 210, which was program, mm. um, which was, was programming that is now experience, yeah. experience program design. And so, um, yeah, so we've just so made, made, made mm-hmm. some shifts, you know, along those lines and storytelling is a big part yeah. of it. And you guys, you know, I, I, obviously I knew you and I had heard a little bit about your story, but I remember the first time we bought a diesel turkey and taking it home and reading the packaging and going, oh, yeah, wow, that is so cool. I did not realize. And, and so, you know, um, and then hearing you you talk even more about it today is pretty cool. But, um, but, I, but yeah. I imagine that. Well, imagine and that's, that's, that's great. Go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, that's great though, because, um, because that's exactly what, cause it, that probably was like a whole, was it like a whole bird that you were reading that yeah. like wallpaper print? Yep. Yeah. 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 And that's, that's exactly like, you know, I think that, you know, not necessarily my generation, but a little bit of my generation, but some of the younger generations that are up and coming, I mean, it is mm-hmm. such an experience driven world. Yeah. Um, I think, you know, social media is a huge component of that. And just, yeah, how people are consuming, how they're consuming data, how they're consuming like the worlds around them. And then just that experience is so important. And so it's really funny because, you know, as we look at our space and our industry, we have really, really big food players coming into the space and natural organic food has just been imploded upon with, you know, venture capitalist money and just, Mm -hmm. you know, huge, huge industries. And most industries, the way, you know, that, that type of pressure, you know, it succumbs to the little brands or the more regional brands, basically, you know, kind of disintegrating or being purchased up. And you have a lot of integration that's happening between, you know, very, very big banners like a General Mills or a Tyson or Cargill or something like this. And Mm -hmm. um, it's funny because when we were looking at our turkeys, we were talking with a graphic designer and we were really looking at the landscape of our branding and our portfolio of products. And I kept coming back to this and I'm like, you know, it's just not something that you can just put a seal on your on your product and say like, oh, it's it's just it's here's the seal of approval. Like mm-hmm. there are so many reasons why this product is different. And so right. I said, you know, and with the graphic designer's help, we developed that scatter print so that you could have the experience that you just described, which is like I took it home. I'm making the turkey. Maybe I'm going to keep the bag for a minute to, to reference the roasting instructions. But if I want to, like I can read all of the ins and outs of this story and the family right. secrets and, you know, right. who we are and what we do. And then that experience, hopefully in that knowledge is kind of like a lasting power that drives you to go, I'm looking for my deli meat. Oh, and Hey, look at, I recognize that brand from there, from what I learned. And so, yeah, it's experience is everything and it's not going to go away. It's only going to continue to, Mm -hmm. you know, be a part of the way that we, 
the way that we drive together. I mean, I think COVID also has enforced that with so much time on Skype or Zoom or yeah. whatever. Um, yeah. So, yeah, it's such a great degree. I mean, it's such a great degree. Awesome. Awesome. Well, yeah, we, um, we, uh, we are proud. We are proud of it. And we, um, and we of course love, love talking to alumni, um, and, and seeing your success and, and, um, and, uh, you know, reveling in that success with you, you know, whenever I walk through Whole Foods or Lassen's and I, I see, I see Diesel, I'm like, yay, I know them. Um, and, yeah. uh, and so it's, it's so <laughs> awesome. And, um, you know, and I will say doc, doctor, uh, what we, we call her Dr. Rue now, Jerusha, um, because she adopted mm. Dr. Rue because two great, the, uh, she green and he green was not a very good, uh, <laughs> that was not a very good, uh, label. I don't think, uh, I think she got uh, sick yeah, of that. Dr. Greenwood. Uh-huh. Wait, which one? which one? Oh, he, yeah. oh yeah. no, her. <laughs> uh, exactly. Exactly. So she adopted Dr. Rue, but, um, yeah, she gets the, she gets the ground Turkey for sure a lot. And, um, mm. and so, yeah, that's, um, that's great. And, um, you know, I, I thought about Heidi, like, should I, should I, delay and um should we delay in in podcast taping until a little closer to thanksgiving to try to help you out a little bit more but then i started thinking then i started thinking to myself they probably don't need help around thanksgiving they need help uh they need help in the middle of the year right (laughs) Uh, to get more people to buy turkey i know exactly right Uh, but uh yeah yeah, 52 weeks a year you're right that's right. Exactly. And so hopefully we'll, um, hopefully we'll get a few more, uh, diesel Turkey buyers out of this group from, uh, from your, your fellow alumni and, and students, uh, knowing and being proud of, uh, that this brand being mm-hmm. associated with Cal Poly and with our program. And just want to thank you so much. It's so great catching up with you. I, um, you know, I, uh, I, I, like I said to you earlier, um, you have a special place in both uh, me and Jerusha's hearts in terms of um, being that first uh, that first cohort of students that that we got to see <laughs> go all the way through. And um, you know, Cal Poly and San Luis Obispo has become such a special place for us, and um, it's always great to yeah. to. to hear from and and get to talk to um alumni so thank you so much for taking the time any um any parting words like uh you know as someone who is a a part of a iconic western brand um any any um, (laughs) any parting words for people out there that are that are interested in marketing and branding and um and you know really being successful and trying to tell that story for a brand any advice you would give I mean, to students? Oh, I mean, I think that the best advice that I can give is is really just to get involved, to get involved and to network. The people that you meet is how opportunities present themselves. And, right. you know, you you have to get out. You have to not be afraid to work for free. You have to invest your time, your effort, your energy, and you will, you will reap the benefits of that. And, you know, one thing I didn't mention, but you know, my, my internship I did in San Francisco and it it wasn't a paid position. And so I worked for three months for free and I didn't know, you know, budget wise how I was going to swing it, but it taught me so much like leaps and bounds about what I loved and what I really didn't want to do. And it drove so many decisions for my future. And I didn't waste more time trying to figure out that I didn't want to do something, 
you know? Right, right, yeah. Yeah, like I didn't get paid, but I, but I, I, I reaped so many more benefits to not, to not spending more time in an area that I knew wasn't my future. So I would say just, just really, really dig in and, and apply yourself with your own communities, with the communities around you. And just, yeah, don't be afraid to invest some time and effort and energy. You're in college. You, you, you have the luxury to do that. And that's the amazing thing. You, you're not going to be strapped down with a 40-hour work week and children and, you know, you know, all that comes with life. So just try your best to take advantage of that. Right. I love it. And you know that I, I, I was remiss in not asking you about your internship. So I appreciate you putting that in. And um, that's actually, that's actually advice that, that I give to students because I had that same experience that, that you did. Like a lot of times with internships, it's, it's checking, you, you can check the X off. I mean, they, they can, they can, helps you to eliminate areas that you want that you know you don't yes. want to go into also i had tons of internships like that where you know like one of the one of the ones that sticks out for me since we have that psychology uh, uh background together was my um my internship my senior year was in the um this is this was seriously the name of the place the state mental institute for the criminally insane and um mm, solid solid yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> and so uh, you, uh i don't know you you were probably way more together with um your senior year i, I actually i'm 100% positive that you were way <laughs> way more together psychologically than i was at that same stage and boy oh boy doing an internship there was uh not the greatest for one psyche and um i definitely checked right. that li- off my list of uh <laughs> places that i wanted to end up working and uh it was kind of like the tobacco farm i'm like i do not ever want to yeah. come back to this place um, <laughs> and, and so uh so yeah but um but i think that's yeah, great but it's advice so for important it's, yeah yeah it's so important to know what you want to do yeah. but it's also critically important to know what you don't want to do that's and i right. think so much of our time is focused on trying to find your quote-unquote passion or the things mm-hmm. that you know you're you just you're going to love. And, you know, if, you know, you ask, you know, you ask about love, you're going to hear about heartbreak. So I think you just have to know also, like, what is it that you don't necessarily love to do and, and just Mm -hmm. keep, keep plugging away, keep making that list, keep um, striving and, and, and connecting with those around you. And of course, you know, I, I, you know, I spent a lot of time with, with the faculty and I would, encourage the students to spend a lot of time with the faculty like they're there for you to support you and you know if you don't know the next step go to your faculty members and ask them like hey you know do you have contacts do you have networking like who do you think I should talk to this is what I'm thinking about what are your thoughts and really you know exploit them right (laughs) well well, I appreciate it you just you just saved me from having to sit there during office hours and be lonely and nobody coming to see me. So I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Oh, I, really I probably did. visited you like so many times. <laughs> yeah. Well, we, well, and, and that explains why now that's one of the reasons why, um, among many others, but one of the reasons why I, I remember you so, so 
well because that is that is so true what what um what Heidi just said is you know we we want to help you we want to help if you're a current student yeah. or you're a prospective student and you're listening to this we want to help you every single one of our faculty want to help you and and staff and so um yeah don't don't hesitate to to come and and, yeah. and see us and talk to us and um and um and yeah. after you come and see us then go and buy diesel turkey. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Better yet, bring a sandwich. There bring a go. sandwich with share. you. <laughs> exactly. And share. I love it. I love it. Well, uh, Heidi, thank you so much. Really appreciate it. Um, uh, thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. See ya.